You may be seated tonight. <clears throat> Amen. While they're taking up the offering, you can go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We've been for several weeks, many of you know this, in a, in a series on grace in the book of Galatians. Um, uh, it's interesting. We're going to end that tonight. And, uh, you know, and so this will be my last service with you for a while. And so uh, I, I praise the Lord that he allowed me to, to finish this, this, <laughs> this series. And we'll be talking about, uh, for us, you and I, to be climbing. Everybody say climbing. And um, anybody enjoy climbing? No. Anybody enjoy hiking? No. What do y'all do for exercise? Nothing. <laughs> well, uh, Dwayne will remember this, and probably Brother Michael will remember this, and, and uh, Paul probably. Um, those of us that went on a, the, a men's trip a few years ago, there's a place over in the Smokies called Chimney Tops. And, uh, and so we got froggy one day and decided we was going to climb Chimney Tops. Anybody ever been up Chimney Tops? Chimney Tops is a two-mile hike one way. Uh, the first mile is not too bad. The second mile is torturous. It'll, it'll, it'll mess you up going up, and it messes you up really coming down. And so, you know, we was, in, we was in a lot better shape back then, and so it was still hard, but we managed to climb Chimney Tops. Well, when you get on top of Chimney Top, there's another rock that you've got to climb. It's a slate rock. And, and you climb up that rock, and it's, some, it's somewhat difficult to get on, on the very top of Chimney Top. But once you get up there, the view is amazing. The view is amazing, especially in the fall, when the fall colors. And, and so I, I've, I've climbed that three times. Two of those times, I made it to the top of that rock. And, and so you were able to sit out there with your legs dangling over. And I don't know how many thousand feet it's, it's down, down below. And you just prayed that the rock didn't break off the part that you were sitting on, you know. But you sat there, and you was able to just scan and look. And all through that valley and that, that terrain, all you saw was the beautiful colors of the fall of the Smokies. Now, if you've ever been to the Smokies in the fall, you know exactly what I'm talking about, how beautiful those colors, how brilliant those colors are if you hit it just right and at the peak of that, of that foliage when it, when it changes. And uh, when I was looking at this lesson, that's what I thought about. I thought about getting up there and looking and, and, and gazing across that little, uh, that little valley there and looking at all the colors about climbing. Uh, Dwayne, we, we climbed it one time, and, and he hurt his knee. I don't know, did you hurt it going up or hurt it coming down, or both? Both? <laughs> we, we left him on top of the mountain coming down. We didn't really know that he was hurt as bad as he was, and we kept wondering, why is he taking so long to come down? We couldn't hardly walk. Uh, his knee is messed up and all swollen up, but finally, I don't know how long it took him to get down, but he finally got down. And um, he was fussing at us after that that we left him up there to die up on chimney tops. But, uh, but it was a wonderful, wonderful climb. And, uh, uh, and that's what I was thinking about when, we, when I looked at, this, uh, looked at this lesson. Look with me in, in, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 11. The Bible said this, and we'll go ahead and finish it out on that chapter. The Bible said, See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. <clears throat> but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit. Amen. Now, for those of you that may not remember, we've been dealing with this, with this, uh, this book of Galatians. Paul here is writing this. He's talking to Peter. He's talking to the apostles. He's talking to the, to the Galatian church because some, some, some untruth has, was told to them. They were going back, Brother Adam, to some of the old law. They were going back to some of the things of which they were saved from. They were going back to some of the things that, that even Peter and, and Paul uh, preached to them concerning the new way, that Jesus is the new way, and, and you didn't necessarily have to be circumcised to accept Christ and, and, and follow in Christ and all of that. But they were, they were hung up on the, on the circumcision thing. All throughout this, this book, you'll find that word circumcision. All throughout that, that they'll, they'll fuss and they'll argue a little bit concerning a circumcision and what the law stated that this is what you've got to do in order, in order to be saved and in order to follow Christ. Even Peter, uh, you know, you remember we talked about two or three times about Peter, the Lord coming down and ministering to him in a vision and uh, you know, put those hooved animals in a sheet and told him to arise and eat and all of that, that story and, and how he went into the Gentiles and he preached Jesus to the Gentiles and the Gentile household got saved. And Peter come to understand that, that, uh, that Jesus was, was for the Jew and the Gentile alike. And, and even here during this time, he was having, he was having some, some moments of struggling because he was, he was, he was teeter-tottering, going back and forth. And the Apostle Paul, somewhere in chapter 2, chapter 3, if you remember, pretty much set him down and just pretty much told him, not in a, not in a harsh way, but, but, but explained to him, what, what are you doing, basically? You know, you're, you're, you're teeter-tottering on the truth that we've been taught, on the things that we, we know to be true. And Paul here, here was talking to the Galatian church and to the apostles concerning what they, what they need to understand. There, there's a song, and the lyrics of, of the song goes like this. It's a song called Lead Me On. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, Lead me on to the top of the mountain. Lead me safe to the other side. Take my hand, dear Lord, and guide me. As long as you're going, I don't mind the climb. And that's sort of a true statement. Lord, as long as you go with me, then I don't mind the climb. We could climb up here. We could, we could go down in a valley because every one of us understands and knows that we always have mountaintops and we'll have valley experiences, right? We'll, we'll have those moments. But as long as the Lord is on our side, we'll be okay. And so when we, when we follow the, the understanding of that song, Lead Me On, then we understand the fact that if God is doing the leading, if Christ is leading us, it's so much easier to climb the mountain. It's so much easier to walk in the valley. No matter what we find ourselves going through, God is there. And, and he tells us here in chapter 6 that if, I, if Paul said, if I'm going to glory in anything, I'm going to glory in the cross. I've had a lot of things to happen to me. I've had a lot of things that, 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 uh, that a lot of people would just turn away from Christ because of all the beatings and all the, the shipwreck and all the things that's been taking place in my life. But Paul, Brother Adam, found a relationship. He found a love relationship in the Lord, and he was not going to leave him. There was nothing that was going to take place in his life that would cause the Apostle Paul to, to alienate Jesus in his life. He taught that. He slept that. He believed that. Everything that he'd done was, was Christ. I think it was Brother Panky the other day. 
put something on Facebook, and it's something to the effect about, uh, about you know, uh, not really having any theological debate, but what does, what does Jesus mean to you? And, and he wanted you just to, to, to say something in one word. The only word I could come up with, I just, I just answered, I said, it, he means everything. And that's true for me. And, and you know, some people put faith and patience and all that. But really, Jesus is everything to us. Everything he, he, he should mean to us. So in life, ev- every one of us wants to have that mountaintop experience, right? We all want to live on the mountaintop. But how many would agree that there's very few that enjoy the sights once they get to the mountaintop? Now, back then, when we climbed chimney tops, we was in better health. And so we were able to sit down and enjoy the sight. But if I wasn't in good health, and I wasn't able to climb, but Brother Paul, I made it there, I wouldn't be worried about the sights. I'd just be worried about stopping and making sure I got breath. Am I going to have enough breath to get back down to the bottom? Am I going to have enough breath and, and strength in my body to, to, to get back and all that? Karen and I took a hike one time over at Cades Cove, that little place, and that was a, a two-mile thing. I, I told her it was a one-mile thing, but it was actually two miles, and I, I, I didn't lie to her. I really thought it was. And so the hike started out great. Somewhere about three-fourths of the way through, she hurt her knee as well. And uh, it was tough getting her to the waterfall. I said, Karen, if you just make it to the waterfall, you're going to be inspired, you're going to be enriched, you're going to be blessed, you're going to have strength to come back over you. I wished I had pictures tonight because I have them on my phone. If you want to see them, just ask me. And I, I, have, I have before pictures and I have after pictures. And it's amazing the transformation that she had, you know, those after pictures. And, and it's sort of like Brother Cup, I, I, we barely got back to the car. And when we got back to the car, I said, isn't this wonderful, Karen? Let's just sit out here. And she said, get me in the car. Just get me to the car. She didn't enjoy what I was trying to show her, Brother Mike. I was trying to teach her some things and show her the nature and creation and all these things. And so we enjoy the mountaintop, but we sometimes we, we cannot enjoy the view we can't enjoy all of those things like that because of what, we, what it took for us to get there. And, and the point is this. If, if we're going to be climbing, then we must have Christ on our side. Because I promise you, if you don't have Christ on your side, when you get to the mountaintop, you ain't going to feel like anything spiritually. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to feel like anything. Everything will rub you the wrong way. You ain't going to have a good outlook on things. Your attitude won't be right. Nothing will work right if you don't have Christ on your side if you're climbing. The Bible said that Jesus came so that we would have life, right, but have it more abundant. That's what the Scripture tells us. And so, in essence, basically what he's saying is Jesus told us that we could have an abundant life. We could have a more life. We could have an enjoying life with the, the, the creation and with all the things that God has provided for us. And so with so much promise to, to you and I as God's people, the kind of life, the kind of quality of life, all of those kind of things, then, then we understand them when we read the Word and we, and we believe the Word and we understand that the, 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 the promises in this Word are yes and amen. The promises in this Word is for you and for I, all of those things for our enjoyment. So then why do we have such a hard time accepting the promises of God? Accepting the promises of God. I had a minister, uh, Brother Mike Way, who pastors the First Presbyterian Church, stop by today just to have prayer with me. 
and we got to talking about, you know, uh, recovery and how long it's going to take me to recover. I said, and the, and the thought come back to me, this little lady, and, and I think I told you all this one Wednesday night, there's a little, little African-American lady stopped in a few weeks ago, and I was helping her, and, and something got brought up with surgery. And I said, well, I'm fixing to have surgery here, here in about, you know, three or four weeks. And she asked me what kind, and we went on with that. And she said, oh, Brother Danny, don't worry about it. You're going to be all right. So you'll be jumping around like a bunny rabbit about two or three days because my brother-in-law just had that done. He's back working already. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to jump around like a bunny rabbit, but I told her, I said, you know what, I'm just going to take your word for that, and I'll believe that with you, and I'll recover all of those kind of things. Well, if, if, if I'm understanding that, I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe, Brother Travis, that the God that I serve is able to restore, to heal, and to give strength where I need it. Right? He's able to do that for you and I. When you look at climbing, or any, or any mountain climber will tell you, Especially if, you've got a, especially if you've got a guide that's guiding you. This is what they'll say in, in, in an essence of these words. He said, as long as you don't get distracted, as long as you don't lose focus, as long as you pay attention at all times to me and what I'm saying to you, what trail to go on, what step to take, then you'll be fine. Right? And you'll make it to the top. But then he'll say most of the time, if you don't do any of those things, there's a good chance you ain't going to make it back down. Now, you've read stories just like I have where people have climbed Mount Everest and, and those mountains like that, uh, you know, and they have guides, people that's been up there several times, and you have to follow, you have to do everything that they say, climate and temperature and all of these things, where you go, where you step, all of that is so vital and so important. Well, do you not understand that the Word of God is our guide tonight? The Word of God is, is, is the guide that's guiding us to the promised land. And if we'll follow what the Word says, if we'll keep climbing and doing what the Word says, then everything is going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to read you a, a, a lyrics of a song by this person that I don't care nothing about. You know, I don't care nothing about her music or anything. It's a little girl by the name of Miley Cyrus. Anybody like Miley Cyrus? She's just a goober to me. I'm sorry. I love her. She needs to get saved. But here's a song that she wrote, and this is a song that she sung that's so true. This is what it said. It said, I can almost see it, that dream I'm dreaming, but there's a voice inside my head saying, you'll never reach it. Every step I'm taking, every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaking, but I've got to keep trying. I've got to keep my head held high. There's always going to be another mountain. I'm always going to wonder, I want to make it move. I'm always going to be, an, uh, it, it's always going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm going to have to lose. It ain't about how fast I get there. It ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's about the climb. Now, I don't know if you agree with that song or not, but there's some truth in that song if you're following the wrong person. There's some truth in that if you're, if you're not following Christ. The words here tells us that there's always going to be something, and that's true, to take our focus off of the truth in life. There's always going to be something. Somebody is always going to tell you, well, you can't do that, and you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't do this. But God would have us to understand through his word that we can. God would tell us that, that we are mighty through him, right? God would tell us that I am more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. And as long as my focus is on Christ, who is my coach, 
as long as my focus is on him, my guide, my instructor, then whatever mountain that I face, whatever mountain that I come, uh, come up uh, against, then there's nothing that I can't overcome in the name of Jesus Christ, right? And, and, I, and I don't mean to be so personal here, but that I really honestly believe that's why I've had such a peace over the last month and a half, especially when Dad told me what, when, the, when the Holy Spirit spoke to him on that day in, in the living room. There's been such a, a peace that is overshadowed, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I've not had the issue that a lot of other guys with a heart attack and, and you know, have to go right in. I'm thankful that I've had these so many days. I mean, there's a lot of people that was upset with the doctor, and I was one of them. Cameron's one of them when they said, hey, let's wait about a month and a half, and we'll get you in there. Well, you know, what is it? You either, I'm either in bad shape or ain't in bad shape. But looking back on it, Brother Adam, I'm thankful that I've not been able to stop anything. I, I took, it, took it easy somewhat, but I've still been able to go. I've still been able to do. I've not been in a bed. I've not been down. I've not any of those things. So that's a wonderful thing. And so I've got reason to be thankful. Why? Because the peace of God overshadows us, and it comes over us. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 says this. It says, let not, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on a tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He shall direct your path. So many times, there, there's far too many folks in society that is not relying on God to direct their path. They're not. But aren't you thankful that you are? Aren't you thankful that it, God is on your side? He doesn't lead you astray. He doesn't take you into the wrong place. He, he knows exactly where we are. And, and whether we like to, to, to think about it or not, there is a war that is raging today for your soul. There is a war that is raging for the soul of mankind. There's a war that is raging for even America today. I mean, you've watched television just like I have over the last few days, and you've probably scratched your head and said, how in the world can smart men, supposedly smart men and women, act like they're acting? How, how, how are they deciding? What, what basis are they, are they using to decide these things? I'm not saying whether you're a Republican or Democrat. I don't care. But how do you do these things and still say you're okay, you know? And that's the world that we live in. But God understands where we are. But there's a war that's raging. And every day, every day, the enemy, every day the enemy comes along with a new set of distractions. He comes along with untruths. He comes along with misleading lines. He comes along with all kinds of things that would cause you to lose focus. I mean, think about this. Think about all the things that took place since even 9-11. At 9-11, we would have never thought nothing like that would have happened in America. But it did. We would have never thought, who would have ever thought that a jetliner would bring down the World Trade Centers? Who would have ever thought that? Who would have ever thought we would have our children terrorized and shot to death while they were at school? And it happens all the time, right? Even this week, there's been two or three shootings at, at different places. Who would have ever thought those things? Who would have ever thought we would, see, we would see pickup trucks and moving vans used as battering rams to run over people while they're just on vacation in America? But it's happening. Who would have ever thought we'd have seen 10 bombs mailed to 10 politicians at the same time? 
Who would ever thought that? Who would ever thought the idea of a woman's right to choose would lead to over 40 million plus abortions today? Who would have ever thought that we would have seen on TV a good Christian conservative man with a 30-year uh, career terrorized and made out to be a gang rapist, alcoholic, and one poor judgment uh, in a job interview for the Supreme Court justice, and we watched it all on television, every one of us, the deliberations. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm telling you there's all kinds of distractions that is coming. There's all kinds of distractions that, that are happening every day if we're not careful. Distractions. It's enough to make you lose focus if you're not careful. That's why it's so important. If, we, if you and I are going to continue to climb, and I'm talking from a spiritual sense, climbing to our Heavenly Father, making heaven our home, then we must have Christ on our side. We've got to have Christ on our side. I don't know about you, and I, and, and, and I, and I can't stand up here and and lie in the sense of saying that, that when I was young and a Christian, that sometimes, Sister Marilyn, I was embarrassed somewhat maybe to pray in public, you know, as a young Christian. I was still un understanding and gaining things. But now where I am, Brother Paul, it doesn't bother me to pray in public. It doesn't bother me to pray on a, on a, on a Perkins parking lot. It doesn't bother me in the middle of Walmart to pray. It doesn't bother me to pray at a gas station. I've done that several times, helping people get gas and just grab their hand and say, let's have a word of prayer. That, those things doesn't bother me anymore. It may have used to when I was young and maybe inexperienced or and whatever, but once I understood the truth, Brother Adam, and, and, and gained this truth for myself in growth and maturity and all that in my, in my Christian walk, it doesn't bother me. Now, there's sometimes I get a little timid on things. As a matter of fact, we was talking about it just a few minutes ago, uh, several weeks ago. Actually, it's been several months now with Brother Tony, and I may have shared this with you. I got a call one night, uh, I don't even know what time it was, but Brother Tony was in the emergency room and he was having some trouble bleeding. And so Christy said, well, could you come up here and pray? So I got up into the, uh, I got up to the uh, emergency room and it, it, it was not good. It was not a pretty sight. And, so I, and I didn't want to get in the way. Nurses was, was running in and out and doctors was running in and out and they was trying to work on him and, and Christy was doing her thing and the kids was doing their thing. And so I just backed off as a, as a good pastor. That's what I'm supposed to do, just back off, you know, and, and just, you know, do, do like this and, and just pray. And Christy said, I want you to pray. I said, okay, Christy, I'm praying. Christy said, get over here and pray. So, so right then I understood what she meant. So I went over there and everybody was around his bed and I just stuck my hand through the nurses and through the doctors and laid my hand on Brother Tony and, and asked God to stop this bleeding and touch him. And, and would you believe it that within about three or four minutes the bleeding stopped? I was even surprised. Now I, I know that's, that's, that freaks you out a little bit. Boy, be pastor, you're surprised. You're supposed to be the, the, the prayer warrior. Well, sometimes prayers surprise you sometimes. I'm not amazed at it. I was just surprised at it. And, and, and it taught me a lesson that night, Brother Paul. Don't, don't ever be intimidated wherever you are to lift up the name of Jesus in prayer. That taught me something. To pray. Don't be embarrassed to pray. And so in the, in the, in the middle of all these distractions, in the middle of all of this stuff that, that goes on it, with us each and every day, we've still got to keep our eye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Word of God gives us, gives us uh, uh, some instruction, especially when it comes to letting God lead and direct in our lives. And all we've really got to do is, is pick up the Bible and, and read it. There's too many, there's too many Bibles uh, stuck in a drawer, too many Bibles in a box, too many Bibles on a shelf that's collecting dust that's not doing anything other than just sitting there and, and becoming decoration 
<coughs> for us, but we've got to use it. Now, the Message Bible in Psalms 121, verse 1 through 6, the Bible said this, I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from mountains? No, my strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or never sleep. God is your guardian right at your side to protect you, shielding you from sunstroke, sheltering you from moonstroke. God is a God that, that, that abides with us each and every day. God is a God that understands what we go through. God is a God that will be going with me in the morning. When, I have, when Karen has to leave me, the, the Lord, he don't have to leave me. When she can't come in the surgery room, God still can come in the surgery room. When, when, when nobody else is able to go in there, and I, I thought about this, Dad. I don't know if you remember this years ago. I, I, love, I love telling this story that uh, uh, when Papa passed away in the hospital, he was getting ready to be uh, released from the hospital. And, and the story goes, if I got it right, he sat up on the side of his bed and he fell back over uh, and died. Well, at that same time, my aunt, my dad's youngest sister, was in the hospital getting ready to go into surgery at that very moment. And she was already in the room where they was getting ready to do surgery. Afterwards, Becky told us this. She said, she said how's Dad doing? Because Dad come to see me in the surgery room. And, and so my aunt and them asked us, what, what are you talking about? I said, yeah. I said, I was laying there on the bed, and, and, my, and, and, da and, and Dad come in and said, Becky, just want to let you know everything's going to be okay, so just don't worry about it. And what she didn't know, he had already passed away. Isn't that cool? Isn't that interesting that God allowed, allowed my, my grandfather, her dad, to come there and just to comfort her, his daughter, his baby girl, right before she went into surgery, but yet he had already was somewhere in between this life <laughs> and heaven. And a story after story about that. You say, Pastor, is that really true? I believe it. I believe it. You know, it's, I, I, God can do whatever God wants to do. God is our guide. He is our strength. Amen. And the Bible tells us this, that he is our guardian. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't doze. So when, when, when you feel like everybody else has left you, there God is. When you feel like nobody else cares about you, God's still there. God's still there. That's, that's so wonderful. And I, I don't know if, you, if you've thought about that, and, but, but I, I've thought about that a lot over the last several weeks, God, how, how important you are to us as your people. Don't ever let us take those things for granted. Because here's the reason. The accuser, the accuser would have us think that there is no hope whatsoever, but that's a lie. That's what he'd have us think, and, uh, but that's a lie. But I'm here to tell you that the, according to the Word of God, according to Christ, there is hope, and hope has a name. And that, my Bible tells me that name is above every other name, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And if I don't know what to pray, if I don't know how to pray, all I've got to do is call on his name. If I don't know, if, I, if I'm so beside myself that, that I don't know what to, what to call on, all I've got to do, Brother Adam, is call on the name of Jesus, and it, it's going to be okay. Amen. We have to believe that, that we must believe that, especially in this day and time that we live, that Jesus is on our side. The devil would have us think that the solution to, to the world's uh, dilemma is, is, is complicated. I get that idea when I watch some of these deliberations between the Republicans and Democrats. Sometimes they ask questions that, what are you talking about? I don't even understand what you're asking. Sometimes they'll give answers, and I have no clue what they're, what they're saying. Now, I know I'm not very smart, but I don't have a clue. And I'm thinking, what, what, that don't even make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. It, 
Oh, I don't mean to get political tonight. It doesn't make sense for somebody to stand up. We've got to pass this thing so we can read it and see what's in it. What kind of sense does that make? But that's the people that's leading us today. Those are the people that's leading us. And so they're talking about distractions. And so there's a lot of people, politicians, whatever, and those many other, uh, many other individuals who want to come in your life They'll act like they care about you and they'll cause all kinds of distractions and all of those kind of things. But I'm going to tell you something. There's nobody that I care about you like Jesus Christ. He, he's the one. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 through verse 13 in the Message Bible, it says this. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting uh, what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this, Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're, you're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. It's wonderful when you think about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he is. I'm going to tell you, 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 you'll have all kinds of ministers today, television ministers, whatever, that will say, if you do this, then I'll give you this. If you'll do this, God will bless you. If you'll do this, God will bless you. And I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn any of those things. I believe, in the, I believe in sowing and reaping. I believe in that. I believe in giving. I believe all of those things. But, Brother Paul, what I don't believe, I don't believe my healing is based upon what I do. God's just good to me. He's just good. He's just a good God. I don't think I have to, I have to send $600 to somebody to get my healing. Now, if I want to send $600 to whatever, that's fine. I can do that. But I don't believe my healing is hinged on that kind of work. That's not what the Scripture tells me, right? And so we've got to be careful. There's, there's all kinds of people that that do that for us. And that's part of the accuser. The accuser's message is one of, of denial, uh, one of condemnation, one that tells us that you and I, we're not worthy of anything that God gives us, but God calls and, and he makes us worthy. Uh, that's, that's not the Lord that we serve. God would have me tell us tonight to stop looking to the right for answers, stop looking to the left for answers, stop being distracted by all the distractions, all of those things, and we simply must look to Jesus. We've got to focus on what we know to be true. Paul says, if I'm going to glory in anything, then I'm going to glory in the cross. Now, isn't that interesting? Because the cross sort of, sort of reveals to us that there's pain and agony in the cross. The cross reveals to us that there's, there's death on the cross. But the cross also, Brother Michael, reveals to us there's redemption in the cross and there's salvation in the cross and there's deliverance in the cross and there's people that can be set free because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we thank God for the cross. So we've we, so we got to focus. We've got to focus on what we know to be true. Focus on what we know that we've been promised and, and just start enjoying the, that, that life and that abundant life that God has given us. Start, start focusing on enjoying that abundant life that God has given us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse, uh, verse uh, 17, now the Amplified Bible, it said this. It said, in this, 
union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Some, some look at this verse and they would say, okay, well, Pastor, well, that, well, that verse is, is not to be taken literal. You're not supposed to take that verse literal. How, how can we say every verse in the Bible is literally inspired by uh, the Word of God except for the ones that seem like it's just hard for us to believe? Why? Because if we're not careful, we'll allow ourselves to become brainwashed. We'll allow ourselves because the accuser is saying these things. That he accuses in, 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 those, in those areas. You know, why can't we take it as literal? Why can't we take it as truth? Why can't we take it as this, this is the Word of God, and I'm just going to believe it? I can't take, you know, uh, 67 or 64 books and leave the other uh, three. I can't, I can't do that. I've got to take all of them, right? They're, they are the Word of God. I've got to believe the Word of God. Here's, here's what we've got to believe. If the Word tells us that if we need finances, then finances will be available. You understand? God, God knows the answers. He's, he's got it already in His hand. God already knows where it's going to come from. God understands all of these things. I'll fret over it sometimes. You may fret over it at times, but God doesn't fret over it. If I need finances, finances are available. If I need healing, healing is, is available. If I need a miracle, miracles are, are, are available and every need imaginable. Every need is, is available. <laughs> so I've got to take God's word literal. Every last syllable that he said in his word, he's made available for you. He's made available for me. There's been, uh, in closing here, there's, there's, been a, there's been a mirage of, of, uh, of uh, distractions and, and delusions and, and all of those things that God wanted the promise. He wanted the promise and the, and the degree of receivership that he gives us and he blesses us with, the public knowledge. 1 John 4 and 17, nothing has never changed God's mind about his promises of his children. Nothing has ever changed the mind and heart of God. It's always been the case. But the accuser would have us believe that's not the case. God wants us to have the same complete faith in him and realize that nothing is impossible or ever will be withheld from us and the abundant life that he's planned ever since the beginning of time for you and I. God knew you before you was born. God knew what life you would have before you was born. He knew I was going to have this heart surgery, brother, brother Paul, way before I was born. It was a surprise to me, but it wasn't a surprise to God. God knows. God understands. God understands. He has planned that since the beginning. A life on the mountain of God's extravagance, our relationship with Jesus, it stands ready. It stands ready to deliver to you and I on a continual, daily basis. All we've got to do is just see it. We've just got to open our eyes in faith. We've got to open our heart and say, God, it's, it's, it's mine. I know you've given it to me. I'm going to receive it. And I, and I want to thank you for it. I want to bless you for it. And we continue to honor and bless the name of God. Bless the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So my encouragement to you tonight is we've got to keep climbing. We've got to keep climbing. Keep climbing higher. And, uh, and, and, and as I close, can I tell you this? Over, over the next few weeks, you know, I, you, you may see me post some things on Facebook and, and uh, I may show up to church and leave early or, or whatever. I don't, I, you know, I don't know all of that, but you might not see me all the time, but can I encourage you, whether I'm here or not, y'all have church. Have church. This church is not based on me. It's based upon the Lord. Amen? 
I love my church. I love my, I love my family. And I'm so thankful that you love me. But, but understand that just because I'm not here doesn't mean we can't have church. So when Brother Cup is up here preaching or Dad's preaching or Caleb is preaching or whoever's preaching, we're going to have church. We're going to continue to have church. If you remember, don't, don't you forget, don't dare, don't dare forget, a few short weeks ago, God told us there was a shift, right? God told us there's a shift that's taking place, and I believe it still is. Now, what I believe, this is a little, what I, happening to me is a little distraction, like I'm talking to you, that would, that would, that's distracting that shift, but the, but the devil ain't going to win in this thing. There's going to still be some people that's going to be blessed and ministered and set free and saved and delivered and made whole. Amen. Amen. And we're going to give God praise. And we're going to come out on the other side and we're going to shout glory and say amen and thank God for everything that he means. Amen. But, but you have church. And if you're sitting by somebody Sunday morning and they ain't having church, you elbow them. And you said, hey, you weren't here Wednesday night. Pastor said have church. So get off your high horse and have church. That, you can tell them I said that. <laughs> all right all right let's pray father we love you tonight what a joy it is to be in your house i can't think of anywhere else i'd rather be thank you god for your mercy thank you lord for your mercy thank you god that you give us strength in our life each and every day to climb this mountain that we're climbing god one day one day we're going to reach the top one day we're going to hear you say well done thou good and faithful servant one day we're going to be able to enter into all the things that you've prepared for your people. Lord, don't let us give up in these last days. Let us hold true to the end. Let us keep our faith in you. Let us keep our faith, God, growing and maturing every day. We honor you and we bless you tonight, Jesus. We give you thanks tonight. Amen and amen. God